Do you remember the first time you heard about MAC Cosmetics? I distinctly recall when I was working in Southern Arizona at a hair salon, and one of the employees who happened to be a manicurist walked in, her name was Kim, and she had the most beautiful skin I had ever seen. And I didn't know her very well at the time. And as I approached her, I said, what are you wearing on your face? It is so beautiful. I've never seen skin look so gorgeous. And she said, Studio Fix by this company called Mac Cosmetics. And at the time, it was only in Phoenix. And I was in Tucson, which is a 99-mile drive. And she said, you have to go to this makeup store. And of course, I was already entrenched in the beauty industry and I had never heard of MAC. They had just come out uh, in this area. And so I made the trek all the way to Phoenix. And I remember walking in and I was very intimidated. Everybody was all in black. All of the cosmetics were lined up just perfectly and I had no idea what to do. So I asked the woman who helped me, and I really remember her. She was uh, probably around 5'7". She had a short haircut with some poofy bangs and glasses. And I said, I don't even know where to begin. And she said, well, what is your budget? And at the time, you know, I was a broke hairdresser. I didn't have much money. And I said, well, let me just see what you have. And she said, you need this lipstick. It's called O. And it's a brick red with a little bit of gold. And I think it would look beautiful on you. And so I splurged on that O lipstick. And I wore it every day until I had to scrape out of that bullet. I think I might have that saved somewhere. And that was my obsession with MAC. In the beginning of my career, my whole kit was MAC. And I used it all the time. I loved every product. And I was trained by many of the MAC artists. And then as the company grew, I, of course, got my kit a little bit more diverse. And I started adding you know different brands to my kit but I always had a love of Mac and my guest today has worked for Mac Cosmetics for over 20 years and his name is Romero Jennings I can't tell you how excited I am about today's episode he is an innovator he is a forecaster he is the most kind and beautiful soul uh, you if you ever have a chance to be around him he's an excellent teacher and allows you to figure it out for yourself while giving you really excellent tips on how to use their product to um, the best of your ability and also to give you encouragement to try things on your own. And so I hope that you enjoy today's uh, interview with the director of um, artistry on a global scale, Mr. Romero Jennings. Please welcome my special guest, Director of Makeup Artistry for MAC Cosmetics, Romero Jennings. Hi, Romero. Hey, hey, Erica. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us on Makeup is the Foundation. I really appreciate you giving us your insight today. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I want everyone to know kind of where you got your start because you've been with MAC for over 20 years, right? Yes. It's going to be 25 years and I can't believe it and I know this is kind of cliche people always say it feels like yesterday and it really really does um for me basically I you know at that time there were no there was no internet internet so you couldn't learn online you really had to either go to a school or or get experience by assisting somebody and for me I I went to FIT I you know studied fashion design moved to Japan lived there for five years and started assisting makeup artists 
So I came back from Japan and someone said, oh, they're hiring at this place. It's a new makeup line that's coming out in America and it's called Mac. And I applied <laughs> for a part-time position. I, I, I thought what, what I thought was a part-time position. And I, I thought, great, I can still do my freelance, which I was doing a lot of music videos back then. And then it turned into a full-time job and I've been there for 25 years and I can't believe it. I can't believe it either because, you know, uh, when I first was introduced to Mac, I couldn't believe the face that I was looking at because her skin looked so flawless. <laughs> it, you know, I found colors that matched my skin tone. And I just remember, you know, driving at the time I was living in Arizona and Tucson and I would drive, you know, 99 miles to Phoenix to that one store. Mm -hmm. And I got my very first Mac lipstick, which was, Oh, I think I still have the bullet somewhere. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of been always in my life just because of course I'm a makeup artist too, but, Mm -hmm. You know, when you first started with the brand, um, obviously, you know, like you were saying, there's no YouTubes and no Instagrams and stuff like that. The expectation of the brand in the beginning, you know, what was that like? Because the, the makeup was so different that it was very matte and very 90s. And, you know, when you were working with the brand, you know, what was their kind of overview of, of like the MAC look at the time? I mean, it really interesting. It's like MAC always believed in trend not just trend backstage in fashion, which we've been doing for so many years, but also street trend, you know, which now has become like social media trend because now trends get set just by the internet alone, which basically come from the street or come from fashion. So um, back then it really was about being your authentic self. Mac really believed in hiring people that really had a passion for what they loved and if they knew that they would bring that passion, they would have that passion, they would bring it to the brand. So you, you were able to be your own individual self. And back then, people from Mac had, I mean, it's companies now, you see tattoos, you see piercings, you see, you know, but back then, 25 years ago, if you, if you worked in a department store, there were restrictions. But Mac was the one that broke the mold. You know, Mac would say to the store, you know, this, this is what our employees look like. They need to be themselves and we're going to make this happen. So honestly, it was about being your authentic self. Makeup wise, yes, it was about that matte, matte face. And of course, Studio Fix, which has like transcended decades and it's still <laughs> like one of the hot franchises at Mac is still number one. And I remember a lot of uh, TV people coming in, swearing by, you know, Madonna, all these celebrities were wearing it and makeup artists realized the power of, of matte on TV and this product was a way to get it back then and even now. So yes, the look was different, the feeling was different, but Mac really encouraged you to, to bring it, to be yourself, to be authentic. And even today, it's, it's still the same. You know, I really, when you talk about being your authentic self, it really makes me think But because right now, and it, and hopefully it's dying off a little bit, I feel like there's that, you know, stamp on makeup look that everybody has, that everyone has the same brow, the same, you know, you know, highlight um, placement, no matter what the face looks like, the same shiny nose, the same lip outline, the same, you know, kind of like glitter on the lid with the cut crease. And, you know, you see this kind of stamped look that came from, you know, drag culture that kind of translated into a trend and then it became a who can do it better YouTube kind of like war battle and now I feel like 
people are going, well, I kind of want to go back to being who I really am and not trying mm-hmm. to be a different version of myself. Do you see mm-hmm. that now? Are you yes. That? Yeah. I, I, I totally get your point on this and this sort of stamp of makeup where you put a crease where a crease should go. You put, um, you know, a highlight where a highlight should go and a high point. But the difference is, and, you know, honestly, backstage, you see these really weird things happening where it's a play on color or a play on highlight or sometimes a play down. I mean, when you think about it and you think about like an extreme makeup, sometimes an extreme makeup backstage means applying less or seeing nudity or seeing freckles or imperfections or and then that becomes a trend. So it's really interesting because every time you post a sort of weird or strange image that's not normal and not the cut crease, people question why. So here's a great example. You know, I am, am known for creating eyelashes and eyebrows and out of like all types of weird con- unconventional materials. And every, you know, every time you post something, some people will say, does it hurt? Ouch, it looks like it's kind of sticky. So, you know, or, or painful or, but at the same time, you know, this is why I'm saying, you know, to be at Max for all this time and working for a huge corporation that they allow you to be yourself. Within this brand, I'm able to still create my crazy outlandish eyelashes and eyebrows and use for shoots and use for things with the company. And it's something that Max doesn't sell, but it's an accessory that I feel I need to finish the look. So you, you do see a few people pushing the boundaries out there, but the majority are really just following, you know, a crease goes where a crease is. So there, there are people out there that are really being sort of trailblazers and pushing and, and, and also helping to create and, and move, the, move the mark, move the trend. You know? Yeah, I think um, for people out there that are listening, that are kind of on the newer side, that maybe you know have used Mac as a personal brand and they're starting to reincorporate it into their kits. Um, there, you know, of course, there is that staple studio fix, like you said, that has that longevity. But mm-hmm. when it comes to you know your skin products, because mm-hmm. you know you're really known for your skin, mm-hmm. um, you know, could you kind of talk about maybe three of your top skin products and and their functions? Because I think a lot of times, um, especially you know even as a pro when you go into the store you're Mm -hmm. like i want everything but what do i really need but wait a minute and you just kind of you get guided and your eyes light up and i feel like with an expert like yourself who's you know literally been in the labs and given input into these products what do you think for for someone that just needs like three skin products what do you think so you know that's so interesting because yes we have a lot of products and sometimes it can be overwhelming but I am really honest and I listen, I give Mac honest feedback for anything that's coming out. And if it needs to be tweaked, I, I tell them, you know, I'm really, really honest and sincere with them. So because I'm, I have to believe in the product to use it. And that's why anytime I'm doing a masterclass, you know, with I'm going to class or, you know, I, I did masterclass with Gregory just in the last couple of weeks. I really speak about what works for me. And for me, if you want to say like top three Romero, what does every makeup artist need starting out? Okay, one, you need Fix Plus spray. So Fix Plus is something that it's a water spray, but it's hydrating. It has some emollients in it. It's a great product to spray. Like if you've done a foundation and you want to just, and you're finished with the, the entire look and you want to just soften it. Or all of a sudden the the client looks a little bit dry in certain areas and you want to even up the skin, but you can't go back and retouch or you can't go back and and, and redo what you're doing because of time. You can spray a little bit of Fix Plus and it'll help you to move the foundation to take it to the next level. Or 
or Fix Plus is also really great as a basic moisturizer. So I like using it in re- really warm weather or warm weather climate. Like for weddings, instead of using moisturizer, the Fix Plus becomes that. So it's I think high- that's great to know. You know what, Romero? Because I think there's so many people that don't know what Fix Plus is. And, right. I, you know, I love it. I use it. But then I was like, am I supposed to use it first? Or am I supposed to use it later? <laughs> or can I use it all, all the time? And you see threads online that are like, no, it's a primer. No, it's mm-hmm. a finisher. No, it's right. a sealer. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you explained it because I yes. know there's a lot of misconceptions. Yes, it, it, that's a great point, Erica. Yes, you're totally right. Fix Plus can be used before as a hydrating base. It can be used after as something that will sort of uh, help the, the makeup to last. Also soften any powdery or cakiness and sort of like bring it back to life. If it's looking a little makeupy, the skin. And, and sometimes, listen, we have to do that because your client might need coverage. But sometimes after you've done with this, you're like, oh, it looks really dry in certain areas or it's a little bit patchy. So then your Fix Plus all over will really help to do that. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there are many right now that the Fix Plus franchise is big. There are quite a few, but the first one you need is just the basic Fix Plus. The next thing I would say is softening lotion. So oh, soft. let me tell you, you yeah. gave me a, you gave me a full size of this when we were in New Orleans mm-hmm. and um, I had to covet it because I'm almost out and I, it makes my skin feel so good. I love it. Yes. That's a great, great point. I'm glad you like it because it is when this product first came out, it was created in Korea from Mac and then brought to the States. It wasn't here for a long time. Every time I went to Asia, I would always buy it. When you see it's just clear. And when you look at it, you're thinking like it looks like just water. This is my thought on this this product in the beginning. And I was just like questioning why. Because back in the day, you did moisturizer, you put foundation on, and you added powder. Now you need to layer these items and you need to even do sometimes you're doing a bit of exfoliation before but um, the softening lotion is amazing because of one the ingredients and i'm not an ingredient guy so i can't tell you everything that's in it but what it really does the reaction for me is that when you spray this onto the skin it really does help to plump the skin and bring it forward and it almost it makes it more supple it has enough emollients it has enough um, ingredients that really helps to bring the skin to its best and I'll even use that so okay here's what I would do I do fix plus then I do a little bit of softening lotion and then I start with moisturizer so and you can use any moisturizer you want you can use oils whatever works best you know so those things are for me as when people ask about like a great backstage skin backstage skin is really an editorial skin and what that means is that it's close up the cameras can see the hairs in the model's nostrils I'm just saying they're that close, (laughs) you know, and on top of that, we're talking about, you know, high resolution, high definition if it's video, all of these things, being an artist backstage, you really have to do makeup with a magnifying glass. So the skin needs to be as perfect as possible. And we all know it looks good, you know, so those are my, my top two. And the last one I have to say, I cannot live without, and I talk about this everywhere I go is Prep and Prime Skin Refined Zone. So this, this <laughs> is great if you're a wedding makeup artist. It's great if you do celebrities. It's great if you're an editorial makeup artist. I call this, I'll, I'll say it again, Prep and Prime Skin Refined Zone. It's my liquid powder. So you can use this. It really is a base. It's a, it's a primer for the skin that you put underneath and you would put it on, let's say, after your moisturizer. And you're gonna put it in those areas that you see 
texture, that you see large pores, that you see shiny skin that you want to mattify. So most likely I'm using it in the T-zone, I'm using it around the nostrils, I might use it on the temples of the forehead if I notice like a little bit of, um, if the person has had acne before and there's a little bit of texturing or slight pimpling or bumpy, it helps to smooth that out. So that's before. The way I use it after is you can, you can finish an entire makeup and then, you know, sometimes you finish the makeup, you've done the powdering and you're like, she still looks shiny. What do I do? And you don't want to add, keep adding powder because as the person's face moves, the powder will wrinkle or go into fine lines, especially for mature. So I like... That's what I was going to ask about was mature skin because I found that, you know, when I would layer the mm -hmm. softening lotion um, and then hit it with the mm -hmm. moisturizer, I was wondering for someone that has mm -hmm. mature skin, it's, it's not, you know, super um, fine lines, but there is a little bit of, right. you know, larger pores or texture mm -hmm. around the nose or even around the, the middle of the brow. And you don't want to layer that powder because they're older and they think, oh, that's going to make me look older. So you can actually exactly. put it on top. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And guys, and guys get oh. Honestly, you know, when you're a, a young makeup artist and you're not thinking about wrinkles, someone mature is thinking, wow, that's a lot of makeup in, in between my brows. In a few in a few minutes, if you're super oily, or in an hour when I start being expressive, it's going to settle in the lines that I know that I have. So the clients are even thinking about this beforehand. And when you use a product like this, it really becomes like a matte I want to say elastic because it moves with the skin as opposed to powder that just lays on top of the skin and as the skin moves the powder breaks so many times you'll get a mature client that will say to you I don't wear powder and this is a great product for that person because it will do what powder what you expect powder to do but will move with the skin and, and eliminate large pores amazing for guys really great for weddings especially if the, the bride sends you over to the groom's place and says, you got to do something with them. They've been drinking. They're really shiny. <laughs> he, he's just he's just shaved his head this morning and he hasn't put a, you know, guys shave their head. They put a mask on. And then you have this glow that the bride doesn't want because it looks like a shiny disco ball. And then you go over to the guys with powder in your brush and they look at you like, you're putting makeup on me? Question mark. So I, I love go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was, I, was thinking, I was just saying, I love that, you know, for, for guys, I think that's a one, guys, if you, you know, if you're out there listening and you do weddings, so many people yes. just ignore the groom. They don't even incorporate it as an option. And I think that's a big uh, way you're losing money off the table. I almost mm -hmm. always, one, I stay the entire day for my brides, but I always insist on whoever they're marrying, mm -hmm. their partner, um, that they get right. serviced as well at whatever capacity right. they're comfortable and say, of course, you're going to, you know, for a guy, there's shiny ears, there's shiny nose, there's definitely shiny uh, in the hairline or on the bald head and usually the lips are extremely dry and their under eyes need hydrating so they need something but you know I do it very like utilitarian like oh this is my guy's gel I'm not even gonna tell them what's happening I just say sit down and just exactly. give me five seconds and you can exactly get it <laughs> and, and you just made a great point how about saying to them that you're including this in your fee that you can charge a little bit more because you're saying and I'm just gonna take a look at the guys and all it would be is you're brushing up their brows with a clear brow set gel and then you're mattifying and reducing any pores so that they just look polished and, and you know so they, they still feel like and listen guys are going to rub their face he's going to put his head on her dress so the last thing you want to do is try to put foundation on these guys that will that normally don't wear makeup you know so I feel like this is yes. a really so again <laughs> it was the softening lotion 
Fix Plus and Prep and Prime Skin Refine Zone as my top three. But I want to say one more thing because this is really important for skin for me. And what I love to do when everyone sits in the chair first is to take a wipe. And right now, Mac has these pink micelle water wipes, and it's, you know, molecules surrounded by moisture, which is what it really is. And basically, I'll take the wipe, wrap it around my finger, and just do a circular motion around the entire face before I start the makeup. Every single time. Guy, girl, old, young, it doesn't matter. What this does is it's just buffing and polishing the skin, slightly taking off any dryness, top surface. There was a pimple there last week, you know, all of that really easy. And then I spray the Fix Plus in a softening lotion to just sort of rehydrate any flakiness that's just standing up. And then I moisturize. So I like when you do the circular motions with the white because it also brings blood to the surface and it gives that a little bit more exactly. life, especially for someone that just doesn't take exactly. care of their skin. It's a really nice way to exactly. start. Exactly. And it. even at that good point, Erica, and also by bringing blood to the surface of the skin, you're also helping to plump it. So while you're doing that, and I mean, it's just, it's a temporary plump, but it's a finish that, that it will help you to apply the makeup one. And as I'm using the wipe in the circular motion, I'm also feeling the bone structure underneath and determining at that point where to place what. I love it. You know, one thing you did mention, oh, you, you kept mentioning backstage and editorial skin. I want to, I want to kind of clear the air with, with the word editorial. I think that people that um, have been in the industry for 20 plus years have a, you know, in their mind, what they think editorial means. There are, this, this word is thrown around now. So casually, you know, people are saying I'm doing an editorial or editorial this and that. And people either put in this avant-garde fantasy makeup with no story, or they don't clearly understand what that word means working in a market like New York and I would love for you to break it down for for people that are either new or have misconceptions about what that actually means as you know what is editorial makeup what does it mean to be a working editorial makeup artist because essentially that's yes what it's, you're it's doing. A really besides fashion week uh, editorial is a really big part of my job it's just, and it, they really go hand in hand so what it really means is doing an editorial is doing like a magazine shoot you know it could be a cover it could be something inside you're getting direction from most likely a stylist or sometimes a creative director from a brand you know or in in Gregory's case it could be a celebrity or the celebrity's agent you know or publicist which is which is sort of pushing the direction of the shoot so when you walk in yes they're hiring you because you are Romero and they know that you know I'm going to create either clean super beautiful simple makeup or I'm going to go extreme they know that I have that that level that I can go from either either way on the spectrum so um with that um you're at a shoot and you're creating this look but it's a team that's there with you but you also have to from your point of view make you have to make it your own you know you have to you know the main thing is that they've hired you because of the type of makeup artist that you are and that you would fit right with this shoot just like you hire a model because she is you know the right casting makes a most the most beautiful editorial so the te- basically working with the team and creating a look for a magazine and you know now people like you said people are loosely using editorial where it could be for online or it could be but it's it's that's the base of it you know 
So essentially, you know, you're telling a story or you're advertising something that's going to exactly. be sold. Is exactly. Right? It could it could be a product. It could be a designer's designer's clothing, which in my case is that in in many times for uh, in many cases, and or it could be just a celebrity, and then it's, you're doing a spring story. So there, yes, you're telling a story, and there is a theme behind it, and you're creating your look as part of a team creating the theme. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, um, you know, they think extreme right away. And and the main point, guys, is that you have to find out what is the focus of this editorial. If it is a beauty editorial and the the focus is I'm going to sell this type of makeup, then that would be the focus. But if it's a handbag, then the makeup may take a back seat or may not. But typically, I like to find out what is the focus here? What are we, what what does the eye need to focus on when they look at the picture? Um, Or is it something that's kind of universal, like, from top to bottom and nothing's really going to stand out. Um, but I always find that there's one thing that's the Exactly. No, you're totally right because just I was on a, an editorial shoot yesterday and it was denim. And, you know, the denim was the focus, but, you know, obviously, so here's the, the trick. If they're shooting denim, obviously, there's not going to be a lot of close-up photos. So the makeup needs to project. I'm thinking they're going to be shooting full shots, three quarter, you know, there might be a couple of close-ups, but when they're doing the close-up, you know, they'll, you know, they give, I'll say to them, give me a heads up and then I'll go in and tweak and make sure everything is clean and tight and ready for the, for the close-up. But, you know, we were focusing on jeans. Two weeks ago, I was on another editorial and we were focusing on eyewear and glasses. And I'm telling you, this, I, I feel like I, game changer, I've come up with some new appliques. It's going to be insane. These <laughs> glasses are over the top crazy. And the makeup needed to fit that. So obviously, when you're doing an editorial, you might have meetings before. The, the client will send you an inspiration board showing you some some things that are in, that you can be inspired by. Not that you need to copy because that's someone else's work, but you use it as inspiration. And you could you could take from each of those, but the best thing is to turn it, to look at the board and then make it your own, you know? I think one thing I have I have to ask because I'm always curious about um, makeup artists' opinions on this when you when you say up close. I see a lot of artists um, that are either relatively new or they're just they're not sure. They like to post photos of their clients with their eyes mm-hmm. closed to show mm-hmm. the makeup. And for me, I think like why would you want the eyes closed? Because that's not how they're walking around. And wouldn't you want to show? you know just the look in general how it's viewed from from different light but some people are feel very strongly that they have to show their client that they can blend a crease or that they are very precise with their eyeliner what's your opinion on these very up close like iphone photos of the eyes closed on a like pedestrian that's really really interesting right now so relevant as you ask me this because i almost never post a photo with the eyes closed because you're losing expression you're losing mood you're you, you know it's not not an injustice but it's just like it just sometimes if you look at someone's page with all the eyes closed in my head i'm thinking does this makeup not work with the eyes open <laughs> exactly it, well it is for me a little bit of an injustice because i'm like why 
you know, I would never hire someone based on these photos, but pe some, you know, artists insist that, oh, my clients love these pictures. They need to see these pictures. And I think maybe because everyone's doing that and a client that's not savvy or a client that doesn't know any better and that's all that they've seen think, well, if I don't see a photo with the eyes closed, maybe they don't have the talent. Is it just like a retraining of the it's, mind? It's a retraining of the mind and it's you as an artist being open to change, which is so important to be relevant these days is that you continue to grow as an artist and not get stuck in, I just make a glue on eyelashes or I'm just doing natural beauty. You really have to come, you have to be 360 as an artist, good on social media. You know, you can do an extreme makeup, you can do a bridal makeup, you can do a, a classic beauty, you know, clean, clean makeup. But I'm, I'm going to go back and tell you, so on my page at Romero Jennings on Instagram right now, I just posted a closed eye photo. And it's the first time ever because I think maybe I want to say 99% of my entire my, my page, it's open. The eyes are open. You're seeing, and I'm doing the makeup thinking of that. And obviously this makeup that I have with the eyes closed, I created with the eye open, but the photographer captured this it, Albert Sanchez, incredible, impeccable mood with this photo that I had to post it. You know, I. Oh, the I love Sar uh, Sarah, uh, the, right? The model, uh, Karen. Oh, oh, oh! It's a beautiful picture. Yes. I saw. Yes. It. So, yes. So really good that you brought brought this up because for me, it's not. I don't usually post that. I want to see the eye, and I want to see a spark, and I want to see a mood that comes through with the eye. But this picture that Albert Sanchez created was so powerful with the eye closed, and it was really funny because it was all about color. It was all about the shadow and the nude lips, and and just sort of nude, transparent skin. You could see freckles come through it, and it, it was really different for my model also because when you see what she posts, she normally will have makeup on that you don't see freckles or she's barefaced and at the gym, you know? So this was sort of like a juxtaposition of mixing like a classic, really beautiful, clean skin with more of an editorial makeup that has more pop, more pop or impact, you know? So, And you can still see the it, the emotion coming exactly. through that image. That's the so, important so, so thing. So to yes. your point, it wasn't just an eye that's closed, which is just, it looks like, a, a, like, did you do this on a mannequin or a person? You lose a lot of the person's, the, the feeling when it's just an eye. Listen, that's that's an editorial close-up and I get that. But show that and then show the rest of the makeup, you know? Yes, I love this. Um, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up is uh, working Fashion Week. I know it's a lot of uh, people's mm -hmm. bucket list to do New York Fashion Week, mm -hmm. Paris Fashion Week, and and do and you do yes. all of those things. So, um, when it's time to prep for Fashion Week, how far in advance are you getting to prep, and how much freedom do you have to create the looks that um, get you higher great, time? Great, great point. So prepping for me is everything in life. It's so key to my core and to my my own brand within the brand that I work for. And for me, for Fashion Week, I'm prepping a month in advance. So it means, is my kit ready to travel to three different countries, three or four different countries? And it, it, do I need to buy a new kit? Because this one is getting broken down just from being banged around, around the world. So that's the first thing is the makeup kit. And I like using Azuka, super easy. You could sit on it, blah, 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 all of that. 
and um, I need to restock everything, you know, and then while I'm restocking, I'm figuring out where to place the things that I've used to restock because I know after New York Fashion Week is done, I need to grab those items again to restock for the other cities and take some of those restocking items in my suitcase, in my luggage, because the last thing you want is to be in a country that they don't sell those Q-tips that you use and love, or they don't, sell, you know, so it's different everywhere that you travel and you don't have access to everything. What I love is, you know, the one thing that's consistent is a Mac store. I know that if I need something that I can, I can always run in and get it, but when it comes to things right. like Q-tips or my favorite eye drops or the things that are not Mac related, I want to make sure that those things are in my kit and ready. You know, so for me, I prep a month in advance and, um, and and that's the key. Also, you know, during fashion week, it's something as far as creating the looks, which was your next question. Um, I am able to. It's, it's interesting because I see the trends that are coming and I need to think about the trends before I even show up at a makeup test for a show. And what that means is you just have to be savvy, be on point, know what's happening out there. You know, and for me, because I'm working closely with product development for Mac, I know what's coming down the line for the next couple of years. So that helps also to create the trend because with forecasting, you, you have to plan when you're creating products. So this is what this is the next wave of, and it has to do with innovation. The next wave of innovation that's coming with companies, and because I know that. I know that I'm going to use these specific items to create this specific look or texture or feeling or color for the next the next month and help to, to drive and create the trend. So it just, it, it, it happens organically as you meet with the designer and they tell you, oh, my inspiration for this collection is something, something, something. And then from that, you take the inspiration in your head. And then I might look at the products that I have in front of me and think, how do I achieve, achieve this look in the best way? And, you know, do I need innovation to help to, to drive that? And in many cases, it's yes. So, um, yes, I do. Uh, I'm keying a lot of shows and I help to create the looks backstage. But one thing that's really important, and I want to tell everybody this, you know, as an artist, and if you're just starting out, it's amazing to assist. It's great to see what's in another makeup art artist's kit. It's great to see what your neighbor, if you're assisting on a huge show, which I still do from time to time, just so I can see what the other artists are doing, what makes you famous, why are you doing this this long? It, it's a great training ground, but for me, it's, it's continued education. So that's really key, is that you continue to continue your education. And exactly like for your platform, what you do, Erica, is amazing. Because that in itself, you know, as, you. as I'm there with the, the world of top artists, many of them are working with that stage around the world, as well as sometimes assisting on some of their shows, because I love working with them. And, and they always bring, you know, innovation and they always bring a spark and creativity. Like Alex Box is one that I would say, you know, Alex will say to you, do you love this makeup? You know, what does it make you feel? She really wants you to enjoy what you're doing. And that to me is a lesson in itself where another key might, another key artist might show up at the show and say, okay guys, that's the look, thanks, there you go, and, and you're done. But Alex wants you to embrace the, the moment and the emotion, and I love that about her. So that helps me as an artist think, when I'm keying my own shows, that's something I need to bring too. I need to 
help the artist to enjoy the look and ask them if they enjoy it and 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 get feedback from them too because all of that is really helpful to help to grow your brand and continue to continue to be relevant. I agree and I think assisting is really huge. I, I actually love assisting. It's one of my favorite things to do. I mean, of course I love being in charge, but if someone's like, "Hey, I just need you to, you know, do these things for me or can you, you know, replicate this look with your own spin or whatever." I love doing that because it it just gives me a different sense of accomplishment in a way and it it lets you know like being a part of a team is is really important on a show like that. Um and you've been doing shows for so long and you've worked with the greats and you know in speaking of innovative um things of course everyone knows you do create those um you know custom lashes and custom brows and things like that. So I wanted to talk about lashes a little bit because you know of course the lashes you create are for um you know for photo shoots and for really extreme things some of the times and what I see lately is this bizarre like universal lash that i feel like everybody is wearing the same length and they just slap it on there without any thought and i think some people don't understand how lashes can help a look they just pick ones that look pretty in the container they throw it on and go well the customer likes it so who cares if it looks good and i just saw a thread the other day where the makeup was pretty it was very trendy and kind of looked stampy like like a lot of the things online but the lash was so big and and that was the she was asking for a critique and they everybody said the makeup is great but the lash and her defense was but the client really loved it but the you know the face was very small the eyes were small and the lash just killed it for me it would have been so much nicer so when people are deciding on a lash can you give a couple of tips of how to you know maybe choose the correct lash for the correct setting and the That's eye so shape That's so funny. Yes, it 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 means first of all that you need to carry various lashes in your kit. You know, and there's a way to test a lash without just putting it on someone's eye and then taking it off and putting it back in your so you know you just hold it closely enough you can look at it have the person open their eye and i hold it with a tweezer we look so it's really funny last saturday i was in another shoot with a celebrity and we were looking at this makeup and i said okay let's try on lashes you know and we did it together you know and we we came to a a a really nice place where uh it wasn't too long it wasn't too short it was just right she felt comfortable i thought it looked great with the look but as an artist that it, it yes it's my look yes i want the client to hi- hire me again but at the same time i want to be really honest you know and i want to give them but when you when you're being honest you can give them options you can give them options if you're carrying it in your kit so for me um my i've really stepped up my lash game yes because one i i can create lashes on my own but I will buy an array and an assortment of from individuals to lashes that are longer in the center that look more cute, lashes that are longer, you know, in the outer corner that looks more sexy. So it depends on what feeling and mood you're going for and the lash really helps to dictate that like you said. So when you're thinking about this in almost 90% of the cases, I am customizing or trimming the lashes to suit the client's eye shape. and size. So that you're going to have to determine depending on your experience with lashes and also that you're carrying the right the right sizes of lashes and you really have to I mean listen if you're not sure you can take a picture and look at it. But for me um I I look at it and I have the client look straight ahead and I ask them their opinion like what do you think? 
And in many cases, like most of the time, they don't care. They're like, whatever you want, you're doing this. And I'm totally fine with that. But when it comes to like a celebrity, I want them to also be comfortable and, and also not be shocked that I, I, I'm doing something that was so extreme. But I know as an artist, I can also push the envelope a little bit and get them to try something that that I think looks great and something that would read better depending on the situation. So in that case, even speaking to the client, finding out where they're going, what they're doing, you know, and, and then in your head thinking, how are they going to be photographed? Oh, it's red carpet and it's going to be in this place. So like I said, same situation with the jeans, right? So I'm shooting denim yesterday. And, and what I thought to do is let's use something that looks a bit more extreme because no one is going to see just a mascara alone from a distance. So let's put a lash on that you can actually see a bit more. So, you know, it depends all depends on the situation, depends on your client's eye shape and size, but as the artist, you should be able to customize to to get the best result with the the eyelashes and the eyelash really frames the face and really helps to create the mood. I agree. I think, uh, you know, lashes can really make or break a look. I think that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, of course, lashes are usually the last thing that go on. And sometimes people have, um, especially artists, have this one lash. They just they are, you know, damned, I'm going to use this lash. It doesn't matter. I bought it. It's a special lash, but then it doesn't work. But the, you know, they, the confidence level isn't quite there yet, whether they can say, mm, I'm actually going to pull this off and just make the lip be the standout, or I'm just going to make it work. I, I think that's a hard thing for a lot of artists and their confidence because they they're not sure they're like well it looks pretty here why something doesn't look right but they don't know what it is so it's great to to have these tips you know holding mm -hmm. it up with the tweezer looking at it with the client asking mm -hmm. their opinion you know and then you kind of have to go right. with your gut right I mean and, and here's your something choice. really important that you just said as far as the confidence level yes confidence level doesn't just mean that you're going there with a really loud mouth telling everybody what you've done in the past you know, they, they've hired you because you're there for a reason. They, they know that you can do this work, right? But for me, I have no problem. And every time I'm teaching a masterclass, I love calling out like insecurities. I love calling out what, what went wrong. I, I will say, hmm, uh, remember the foundation I just put on? I'm noticing here and I'll point to it and I'll say, so what I'm going to do to fix that is, obviously my client doesn't need to know all those details, but if I'm, if I see something in my work, I'll fix it, you know, and if I put on a lash, I'll look at it and I remember a client saying to me, what's the matter? I'm like, this is too big. We can go a little smaller than this. And, and she, she said to me, you're right. You know, so in that case, it's like I could have left it and said, um, just let's, but this is the thing, guys, you know, when you're on the way home and, you know, if you're on the train or someone's driving you or you're, you're you go back and you look at your phone when you're, when you're done with the shoot. And I always say to myself, Romero, you should have done this or you should have done that. I don't do that anymore because I've done it. <laughs> you know, I, you know, you should have taken it off. You should have yeah. used a smaller one. You should have extended the liner. You should. So I'm just saying I will take the time to make those changes in my head. I know that, you know, what I've done wasn't the best and I can make this better as opposed to, yeah, it was okay. Next time I'll do it. No. You know, you only get one chance to make a first impression. And what's really key is you're good as your last show. So if you haven't performed at your best in your last show or your last shoot or your last wedding, you might not get hired for the next one or recommendations. So that's really key for me. 
You are booked all the time. You're always doing shoots and campaigns and shows and teaching master classes. So walking away from makeup for a break, how often do you get to take a true, honest break? And when you do get a break, where do you go and what do you do? Once a year. And it's probably a drive to the beach where I might go to uh, Cape Cod, Provincetown, or one of those one of those beach communities that you can just hang out for a week and do nothing, you know? And you might see Romero without any hair gel. I mean, listen, I, I, oh, I even post no hair gel on, uh, on Instagram. But yes, I rarely, <laughs> because I travel so much on planes, the last thing I want to do is get on a plane. So I will go to, um, I, go, I just get in the car and drive. That's really a vacation for me. It's just a few hours in the car, you know, you're wearing flip-flops and a tank top and a baseball cap for a week is a true vacation. For me, it happens probably once a year. But every now and then I go to, um, you know, my my family has a, my, not my family, but my partner has a, a farm and I go to the farm also for, you know, for just R&R, just to do something that has nothing to do with, with what I normally do. It is not me. And what some people may not know about you is that you have a green thumb and you are an amazing yes. gardener. I've, I've seen some amazing photos. And, you know, when you're able to, you know, put on that big straw hat <laughs> and go out and, and get your hands yes. in the dirt, um, I know you are probably inspired by the colors and textures that you see, but are you able to really detach and, and focus on what you're what's in your hands at the moment or are you always in the back of your mind thinking of you know that's look? that's a great question because i know so many people in fashion are living it honey you know and it means that the stage <laughs> is over the show is done and they are like serving it every, with an attitude and i am human <laughs> and and i like simple things yes the runway is great and it's amazing to be backstage it's a privilege to be there because everyone is doing something you can't buy a ticket right but for me I do get inspired by simple things like like I said you know my my partner's family has a farm and and for me gardening is key I do detach Erica from my entire world when I'm in the garden and sometimes it's not even yes I love working with color sometimes it's just shades of green the color of the grass against the color of the tree and all the different shades could be inspiring. You know, for me last weekend, it was all about mulching because it's that time of year. <laughs> I spent about four <laughs> hours mulching on my knees, but guess what? It looks great and it's mindless work. And what it does for me is it, 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 it gives my mind a chance to escape. So, you know, gardening is a therapy for me. It's a relaxation time. It's a mini vacation. And it's a minute to think and to, to get my mind off social media and just focus on a task, a simple task as nurturing and taking care of a garden or flowers or, you know, wondering in my head, why isn't this plant doing well? Do I need to move it? Do I need to add fertilizer? Did I overwater it? Really like nurturing and caring for things like that. Just as simple as a garden is for me inspirational. 
and nurturing and caring for yourself is so important as well to to get rejuvenated. And one thing um, we definitely want to talk about because you, you just mentioned social media, and you're I feel like you're the master of social media. You always are doing these amazing stories. Um, you're doing lives. Um, you're you're showing you know your life so that you know artists can be inspired and you can kind of uh, you know obviously stay relevant. But I, I would love for you to share some tips because one thing you and I talked about, and I still want to do guys and you know if you if you're into this chime in. Um, you can actually leave a message on the on the Anchor app for me. You can actually call and leave me a message. You can do text uh, and let me know your opinion. But we want to do a social media um, class or a webinar to get people um, understanding like the algorithms and when to post and how to post. And I want to give uh, want you to give some of your tips for social media because it just you're totally slaying the social media. I feel like such a slacker, but you're it's part of your job and you have to do it. Um, but can you talk sure, about that a little sure. bit? Sure, uh, sure. Yes, I would love to do like a, a guy's theme, like you're saying. We would totally, we would totally rock. Social media right now is your portfolio. It's a really important business tool for you to use to elevate your own brand. And I, it's something that I embrace. It's something that you know, as a makeup artist, has been in the industry as long as I have. If I wasn't with a company like Mac. Where Mac really pushes you to explore and grow and change because the company is growing constantly. We would not be around today if we didn't pivot. So it's important to pivot when something happens and then move in a different direction. And that's something that we do really seamlessly. So when social media came around, I remember the company saying, "Oh, we, you know, this is coming. You guys should do this. Why don't you try it?" And and the and the guidelines were loose. You know, they didn't force you. It's just like, yeah, open a page, do some things. And from that, I thought this is kind of weird. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I realized that it was a conversation, and it was a great way because I traveled the world with with Mac. It's a great way for me to keep in contact with people all over the world to know what, and it also gives me um, a point of reference. So when I see them, I could say, oh. Didn't your daughter just have a communion for her first communion uh, last week, or you know, or or you, you've got a new puppy? Are you going to bring the puppy to work so I can see? So it really helps to open up those and and continue to to nurture those relationships that I've developed over the years at Mac globally in all these countries that I visit. So for me, social media really is a key tool for 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 my work, for my work and for my private because. It also helps keep me connected with people, but many times now, and you, you guys probably on the podcast don't remember all of this. But if you had a portfolio, it was a physical book, a book that sort of looked like a magazine that had your name on it, and a client would request it from your agent, and they would pay a messenger <laughs> to send it to the client, and oh, then yeah. and then send it back. And so this is, and you had to have multiple books that lived in multiple cities, so that would happen, right? But now it's social media, and I will tell you, people rarely will even go to my link. So everyone that's creating links, yes, you need to have a link with your work. But the client many times will look on my page. They want to see how you talk, who you are. You know, are you snippy? Are you cursing a lot? Are you? All of those things are really important because your clients are looking at that to determine: Is this the person that I want in my house helping me? Is this the person that I want? To work with on a set for three days for this huge campaign. 
you know what I like to call it the silent right. interview when you don't even know you're being interviewed they are going to look through and go oh um, they did these things this fits with our brand this fits with our lifestyle I like the way that they hashtag it's not too much or ooh that really does not align with our brand and they won't they'll either get in touch or they won't so I like the silent yeah, interview yeah yeah it's, it's really really key so you know there's tips and tricks that you can use yes there's a formula that'll make it work work but that's another podcast <laughs> yes for sure and do you think um before we wrap because i i want to make sure that you know from someone that's just starting out to you know veterans in our industry that might be listening um is there some sort of advice or tip moving forward um that you can offer because i think you know for someone that's new everything right now if you're just starting it seems overwhelming like you have to have every single product you have to ha- know everything up front and then for people that have been in the industry they sometimes get stuck and they're like oh i'm just kind of doing the same old thing so as from romero jennings mouth to your ears what what kind of advice can you offer for us right now so my advice would be you really really have to do your homework you really should do research let's say on your client before you show up you know uh you really need to know what's happening in the industry and not that you need to have every product but and and listen it's overwhelming everybody's going to tell you i use this and it's great you need to get it it's so confusing you need to find out what works well for your hand and your style and your way of makeup because what works for somebody doesn't work necessarily work for for someone else you know and basically when when i teach master classes i really am telling them like this will work for everybody i i want to pick and choose the things that that i know is is a must and then the other things you can figure out on your own like oh i like you know this foundation better or this concealer better or this type of 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 la- of mascara or lash you know so it's it's more your individual um style and taste but do your homework you know study your craft a really great tool is use your digital camera you know your, your phone now which is your digital camera zoom in and look at your mistakes before you send your model out before you send your client out look at the crumbs of mascara under under the eyes that you missed but the camera a, a high definition camera or or picture is going to pick that up so our you can't really train your eye to see every speck but you can use a tool like your phone to help you and guide you and this way you look at your mistakes because you can look at the lip and say oh that's the lip line is even and you take a picture and zoom in and you and you can say oh i can fix this i can tweak this and that's what i love about doing editorials because as they zoom in i can see my mistakes and think Romero you can fix that you can do that better you can so using those using technology as a tool is really a key and you really have to know sometimes you don't know what you're looking for but really study the image and i feel like as you as you grow more and more within the industry that you'll find you'll find out more about yourself you know but it's hard in the beginning to know but this is a great tip is to use your your camera as a tool cuz that's really helpful you know stay strong in the social media game post be careful what you post because your client your next potential client could be looking so a great example is i was watching one of the housewives shows and people were commenting on something that had just happened and i i was laughing and my friends like what are you doing i'm like oh my god i'm going to respond they just said well and my friends like why are you responding to that that could be taken as being negative and she could be your next client 
So why would you do that, Romero? That was a learning moment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> This is all such great advice and I love talking to you and I hope that the listeners out there um, got inspired and, and understand that, you know, it takes a lot of work and, and, and many years of focus and dedication and inspiration and, and we're so lucky to have you in the industry. Thank you so much, Romero, Thank you. for your time. It's my pleasure and let's do it again. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you all for listening and join me next time for Makeup is the Foundation podcast where we talk about makeup, hair, wardrobe, styling, life, and everything else. Mm-hmm.